0: podcast where we compete to see who is the worst decision maker in our relationship. My name is Ryan. And I'm Adam. And we are excited to be doing another Goosebumps. Choose your own... Oh, nope. Another Goosebumps. Make your own decision book. You could
1: have just said, give yourself
0: Goosebumps. I I could have, but I couldn't remember the name of the book. Or the name
1: (laughs) of our podcast, apparently, either.
0: (laughs) Why would... Because you almost said...
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because you almost said, choose her. You almost said, you know, he who must not be named. He who must
0: not be named. The Voldemort of books. The
1: Voldemort of our our, um, podcast. How (laughs) are you doing
0: uh, this afternoon, Ryan? I'm doing great. I have a coffee. I have a peanut butter... Banana smoothie. You couldn't... So you're you're
1: you're on cloud nine. I'm liquided out. You're liquided out. Meanwhile, I am parched,
0: well, dry I, as the Sahara I, over here. I have one liquid and one thickwood.
1: Oh, <laughs> God. Really? We're gonna bring that up? Okay, so... <laughs> when we were finished recording maybe, I think, our second episode, something, like, happened where Ryan... I don't even know how to describe this.
0: Uh, yeah, it was just like we encountered a viscous liquid, and I called it a thickwood. And Adam has never had a more visceral reaction in his life.
1: Like vom in my mouth, <laughs> like chills up my spine, tingles up my body. I still think about it, and I've been wanting to find a meaning or a reason to bring it up on this podcast. But thank you for finally.
0: But here it is, bringing my, it to light. A smoothie's a a thickwood. It's not a solid, it's not a liquid, it's a thick-wid. Or it's just a smoothie, Have you thought of that. It can also be a smoothie.
1: It can be a smoothie, or a thick-wid. A thick-wid. A thick-liquid.
0: Like a cat is a mammal. (laughs) That's just a fact. I know, but... And a smoothie is a thick-wid.
1: A smoothie is just a smoothie. It's just ground-up ingredients, like peanut butter, or chocolate, or, you know, bananas...
0: But, like, mammal is a category so if that I, cat is under. So if I took a cat
1: and put it in a blender and uh, put yeah. it on puree and then put it into a cup, is it no longer a mammal or is it a thick wood?
0: It's both! It's a mamelic m- thick-wid.
1: So what did you do uh, the other day, Ryan? What do you mean? I'm segueing from whatever fresh hell this oh, was turning I, th- into. I thought
0: you were, like, trying to, like, bring me to something. What do you mean fresh hell? Oh, what fresh hell is this? You're the one that brought up blending cats.
1: You're the one who brought up wood.
0: <laughs> that's correct. So that's because I'm sitting next to a wood. I'm sitting next to a wood
1: right now. <laughs> uh, so I kind of wanted to talk about an event that happened yesterday. Oh, no. Uh, No, 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 no. I went to go see... Oh. (laughs) No, nothing happened with you. No. (laughs) No, I went to go see a cover band perform um, in the town next over uh, called uh, Foreigner's Journey, which was a journey and foreigner cover band. And I went to go to this with my parents, and we've had tickets for months now, since, like, March. And when we first bought the tickets... um, American Idol's runner-up Constantine Maroulis was the headliner of the band. He was the front man who was performing. And if you know Constantine, he's been like Rock of Ages. He did Jekyll and Hyde. He's done a lot of things on Broadway, and he's also toured all around uh, the world. I believe as a foreigner. Cover band. So when we saw like Constantine, it's like, "Oh, sick! I've always wanted to see him perform live." So we were looking at our tickets yesterday morning to figure out what time the concert venue was at, and then we saw that the show was headlining this guy named Rudy Cardenas. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? So my dad and I do some research. Like, who's Rudy Cardenas? Oh, apparently it's at American Idol's own Rudy Cardenas. It's like, oh, I don't know how I know him. So we looked on, and apparently he was on season six, top twenty-four. This dude didn't even make it to like the to live to the live shows. And They're not
0: live at twenty four? No, they're live at like twelve. I haven't seen American Idol in a long time. Well this
1: was season six back in like Jordan Sparks won this season, so it was a very long time ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean I did watch was it this past season? Yeah, this past season of American Idol. Because yeah. my friend Sierra was on it Your and friend? we That's We watched right. her audition and she went to Hollywood. Shout out Sierra. Did she get to
1: meet Katy Perry? Uh,
0: she did get to meet Katy Perry she auditioned while holding uh, a ladle and she sang into it like a microphone and they were like uh, Katie was basically like that's campy girl like you're you're so talented you're not doing this for fun at karaoke anymore your voice is not your party
1: trick anymore Right. right right okay your voice
0: is your purpose like you got it like throw that away and then they sent her on through she auditioned with a ladle as a microphone? She did. Yeah. Like a, like a serving, like a plastic serving spoon.
1: Why? What?
0: what? <laughs> I don't know. It made it on TV. Did
1: she think she was going to be like quirky and fun doing that? Like the people who auditioned, like wearing like a cow costume, like hold on to my love. Just holding their udders. I
0: think so. I'm, I think so. And it worked.
1: I'm gooped. I mean, it worked. Cool. But anyway. Want
0: to know what else goop is? A thick Continue. So anyway, we... I'm thick witted.
1: So anyway, we got to the show, and we're, I'm sitting with my mom and dad, and we're like, "Ah, oh, I, I hope this guy's gonna be good," because like we paid money to see to see Constantine. And let me tell you, the moment this man opened his mouth and started singing "Escape from Journey," sold, sold right away. This guy was fucking amazing. Yeah, uh, he was. The band was so in tune, because you could tell that this band had been playing this music for years, and Rudy was a new transplant into the band, but my god, I know he probably came up there because he had something to prove, and prove it he did. Like For like two and a half hours, that man was a showstopper. It literally sounded like Steve Perry was coming out of his vocal cords. But, what was interesting is that he did other songs other than Journey. Like, they sang Foreigner songs as well. And they even did, like, a little bit of Toto. So, like, he blessed the rains down in Africa. And he also um, showed us that he wanted a whole lot of love. And with... he helps
0: Dorothy get home. Mm-hmm. Oh, Toto. Um,
1: <laughs> no, he... Um, what was interesting is that his voice is so attuned to Steve Perry that the whole show just sounded like Journey does covers of... Of, of uh of of africa uh what would steve perry sound like if he sang bohemian rhapsody it was interesting but all of this to tell you this is the entire reason i wanted to mention this on the podcast maybe three-fourths into the show the show is going amazingly they're singing i believe um any way you want it like one of your mm-hmm. favorite songs from journey and my mom leans over to me and she whispers so where do you guys record your podcast i'm like time and place mom I was like no big deal oh my god time and place and you did it at my birthday dinner
0: she was clearly not as into the show as you were no she
1: absolutely was she was clapping along and singing along i was like why are you choosing this moment right here to ask me this
0: question <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to imagine like the the stream of consciousness that led there, like, oh wow, he's performing really well on stage into that microphone. On stage, I wonder, my son, right? <laughs> I wonder what microphone they use to record. They sound really good in their podcast. I, they live in an apartment, so like the apartment's probably pretty loud. There's no way they can record there. Where do they record that podcast? I, know. I know that we're in the middle of watching this content, but. Is how is how I think we got. Is how
1: you think we got there. Well, uh, dear listeners, we record in two um, separate places. Uh, we first record um, at the place I prefer to record at uh, at my at Ryan's house uh, because there's no distractions whatsoever. We're in the suburbs of Boston, which is mm-hmm. completely just like off the main roads. There's no cars driving by every five seconds. There's not. Fucking toddlers on the ceiling, just running around, mm-hmm. having their own way, having their own little drag race. I live
0: on a dead end off of a dead end, which I think would be a great, uh, name of a Goosebumps book. Dead end off of
1: a dead end. Well, stay tuned. Dead maybe, end's dead end. Maybe that'll be one of the future.
0: <laughs> dead end. Dead end. Dead end. Dead end. Dead end. Dead end. Panther? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, pop culture reference you actually get.
0: Yay. It's a good thing I made it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, So we're recording uh, today uh, at at my place. So if you hear cars rustling by or children screaming or doors opening or uh, any other kind of interference sound.
0: Now you know. I think we should add in uh, just like a couple like sound effects of like fake doors opening, fake children screaming. I was way ahead of you. Just to just to keep people on their toes and they can be guessing like is did that really happen in sooth forsooth <laughs> or this
1: is your saying I know. mind you and i don't think you've used it right
0: <laughs> once this entire podcast did that forsooth happen or did it in truth happen. in truth happen
1: in truth is the fake one right in truth
0: is fake which is it weird. most real
1: i don't like that cuz when i was re- listening back to it it's like this feels like it would be mixed up and split up
0: yeah, that is how it would feel. And the truth of the matter is, I think it's intentional, but the other truth of the matter is, I might have mixed them up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and knowing you, that probably isn't
0: too far off. We'll have to, we'll have to so, interview some of your uh, Ren Faire friends yeah, to figure that out. We'll have to have one of them on the podcast, and I'll just bring up in-sooth, or, or shit, uh, for-sooth or in-truth to them. Or even better. And see how they react.
1: If you are listening to this podcast right now and you were at the Pennsylvania Ren Fair when Ryan was and you heard him have this kind of conversation, please feel free to let us know either at our email address at ohmyodpod at com, or literally just reach out to me on Instagram or um, Facebook. We have Facebook and Instagram as well. And just leave a voice message because I would <laughs> love to play a voice message of actual proof of my boyfriend being wrong for once.
0: They... They will confirm that I screwed up the language every single day <laughs> in a subpar accent. Like that, is, <laughs> that is what we can expect from. Uh, Which from really surprises
1: me because your accents are usually spot on. You are, if not anything, a character.
0: Well, so it was slightly intentional because I was a Cockney character, and I was a, I was the brewmaster at the restaurant. Well, give us, fare. give
1: us a taste. You have to. Well. Or do you think the character will come out in the episode?
0: It, th- I, I, like, want to, like, save it. Because okay, ma- save it. You know what? One of the characters in this episode will have the accent that I had at the Renaissance Fair. Um, I will find a way to give it to one of these characters. Is it going to
1: be one of the werewolves or one of the woods?
0: It, I think it's going to be the knight.
1: It's going to be the knight. The
0: knight in werewolf woods. <laughs> which knight is with an end this time.
1: Yes, yes, um, all this to say that our next book that we're going to be reading today is going to be Night in Werewolf Woods, the fifth Give Yourself Goosebumps book by R.L. Stein, uh, with
0: illustration by Mark Nagata. So let's... Start off with our rules as we do, and then we have a little bit of a clarifying point that we want to put in at the rules uh, as well. Each week, we switch off who will be reading the story and who will be making the decisions. We will keep a cumulative tally over the course of the podcast to see once and for all who is the worst decision maker. On top of that, if a decision is able to be successfully... (laughs) Sorry, I literally could not read. I wrote this sentence. You did. Like, it's one thing when, like, you're reading a book cold for the first time. I wrote this sentence, and we've said that multiple times. We have. Take
1: that again. From the top? Yeah, from the top. Why not?
0: Each week, we will switch off who will be reading the story and who will be making the decisions. We will keep a cumulative tally over the course of the podcast to see once and for all who is the worst decision maker. On top of that, if a decision maker is able to successfully complete a book with less than three mistakes, they win a prize. If they have five or more mistakes, they will incur a penalty. And the point that we want to clarify is that there was... A lot of debate after our TikTok You're Dead ending where... Quite a bit of debate, yes. Where um, Denny was turned into a slave and us as the protagonist was the king because there's some sources online that say it's a good ending, some sources online that say it's a bad ending. What we're going to be doing with these stories is we are going to find whatever the protagonist is trying to accomplish at the beginning of the story and work our way towards that end. Now, with all that said, that still leaves us with possibilities for multiple good endings. There isn't one ending that's not going to fulfill the protagonist in some way. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if we were doing an episode about a book where your goal was to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, (laughs) and by the end of that book, you ended up inheriting Microsoft, that is still a good ending. You can buy as many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as you want as the owner of Microsoft. Yes, it's not the given circumstances that were set out, but there's there's no ambiguity there. So, but,
1: but what if you inherited Microsoft, but at the cost of never being able to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches again? Would that be a bad ending? Oh,
0: I see. That's <laughs> It's ambiguous. And that's really the word that I want to kind of talk about is if there's ambiguity... Between the two of us, if one of us has a really strong argument for why something should not be considered a good ending, we're gonna go back and find a better ending because there's plenty of endings in these books that have uh, no real ambiguity. It's would be widely considered as a good ending. Batwing Hall
1: had six good endings
0: in it. Well, so according to the fandom, it has six good endings, but. It had one of the good endings... According
1: to the fandom, it had, I believe, like, seven, right?
0: It had seven, but one of them was the non-ending. One of them was a non-ending, oh. Um And even in... The reason that we're not using those is that some of their quote-unquote good endings still had things that were not great for the protagonist. Like, one of their good endings in Batwing Hall was you invent a new flavor of ice cream. Yes. And you become a millionaire, but you're still a bat, so... You can't go to school. You can't go out into the sun. Like, there is plenty of <laughs> bad things in that that I don't consider that a good ending. So if we had come to that ending in that book, I would have insisted that we had gone back and found a, a better ending, even though I was the decision maker and it would have been a penalty to me.
1: Okay, all right. So with all of that being said, we're going to be moving forward with this criteria in mind. Ryan, describe to me what you were seeing on the cover of Night in werewolf woods.
0: It is just a bunch of wolves. It is... Werewolves, I'm assuming. We're assuming, but we don't know. We don't see their human form.
1: It's werewolf woods and they're howling at the moon.
0: These might just be regular wolves, though. We don't know
1: that. Is it too ambiguous? To it's tell? too
0: It's too ambiguous. <laughs> we see no transformation on this page. We see one werewolf with its face... Uh, Did you just say werewolf? Shit.
1: (laughs) So we see one werewolf. One
0: werewolf and four wolves.
1: (laughs) Just Just, to cover all our bases. You just have to believe me. (laughs) Yeah, so the the wolves are... um, One of them is kind of standing on what I can assume is just like discount pride rock.
0: Yes, that's what I was going to say.
1: Howling at the moon, and then its brothers are just kind of like on their haunches, just like... Uh,
0: At. And this is the point where I have to ask Adam, what do you mean? Do you know what haunches are?
1: Yeah, the back, the hind legs of the dogs. They're
0: all leaning forward.
1: This one's leaning back. This one's, like, kind of rearing back. That one right there.
0: Mm, See, it's a little too ambiguous for me. Jesus Christ,
1: okay. (laughs) Well... As usual, <laughs> listeners, the cover is gorgeous. It is purple holographic with like this kind of like almost like bullseye kind of symbol copied over and over on the page, which is... Oh!
0: Did I, you not did... notice
1: that every single one of these books has a different holographic have...
0: theme? Oh, I did not. I just noticed that they were all holographic. I thought they were all like specks. I didn't realize yeah, that no, they no. were... Let
1: me show you.
0: Designs on them.
1: Hang on. One sec. One sec. One sec. One sec. For example, for example, TikTok, you're dead. Look, it's like a wavy pattern. Oh yeah. Yeah, every single one of these books, um, from one to twenty one, are going to have a unique holographic background.
0: Um, I like Night and Werewolf's Woods background better than the TikTok, you're dead one.
1: Yeah, I kind of like this one better, too, because in Far Away, it really, really shimmers. All right, let's get into this. Oh, um, apparently in my copy, um, there is actually a holographic sticker of a wolf, and it says from the collection of blank.
0: And on the inside of mine is a stamp that says discard from the uh, Perrine School Library in Twin Falls, Idaho.
1: From Mrs. Evans.
0: Mrs. Evans. So
1: Mrs. Evans from Twin Falls, Idaho.
0: Thank you. She's probably dead at this point. it. What do you mean? <laughs> this book was published in ninety five. Yeah,
1: and she was probably like fifty six when she was teaching. Not every so, teacher's Miss Honey.
0: Not not every teacher's Miss Honey. But not every teacher's also Miss. It was only ninety five.
1: Who's in? What's an old thing? Fam- what's a teacher who's old who's like on TV? Oh, Miss Fowl. Miss Fowl.
0: Oh, from Jimmy Neutron.
1: Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the only old teacher I could think of. <laughs> Oh. Uh. Beware, Anyways. do not read this book from beginning to end. It's vacation time. Your family is going to Woods World Cabins. All the kids say terrifying creatures roam the woods there at night werewolves, trolls, and hideous monsters. But you're not scared until your mom makes nerdy Todd Morris come along. Oh, fuck yeah. He's going to be the cockney one, I can't me? wait. No. Oh. And until Todd insists that the two of you must brave the dark woods on the night of the full moon to find his stolen treasure. What stolen treasure do you think a child has? A his nerdy inha-
0: child? His inhaler. I would say... Uh, his
1: EpiPen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's a stolen treasure. So he... His virtue. I think, like, he's... Virginity. I think that he stole the lunch money from, uh, bullies who had stolen it from other people.
1: Well, like he's fucking Robin Hood?
0: Yeah, but, but instead of giving it to the poor, he buries it in the woods.
1: Like a wolf. Like a,
0: I was gonna say like a regular fox would, like Robin Hood, but I always forget that Robin Hood's not actually a fox.
1: (laughs) Robin Hood's, like, apparently a lot of people's sexual awakening. Did you, did you read about that once? I did. Yeah. And I think it's because of the guy who voices Robin Hood, maybe?
0: What I'm saying <laughs> is that Robin Hood existed before Disney. Like, he's not a fox. Like, uh, Robin Hood is, like, an actual, like, folk in tights, hero. Yes, yes, Uh And I cannot stop picturing him as a fox.
1: Well, yeah, thanks, Disney. You've ingrained that into our brains. <laughs> A hot fox, Robin Hood and Little John. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. Boodlolly lolly golly, what a day. Can you survive until sunrise alive? The scary adventure is all about you. You decide what will happen, and you decide how terrifying the scares will be. Start on page one, then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choices. If you make the right choices, you will escape the werewolves of world woods. If you make the right choices, you will escape the werewolves of Woods World. Woods World. That is a tongue twister. Werewolves, werewolves of, of Woods, woods world. world. Werewolves of Woods World. Werewolves of wo-, wo-, wo. I'm also not good at tongue twisters, so if you make the wrong choice, beware. So take a long, deep breath, <gasps> cross your fingers, and turn the page uh, to give yourself goosebumps. Bing, 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 bing. Nerd alert. Nerd alert! We interrupt your perfect summer vacation at Deep Woods Lake to bring you this special nerd news. Your parents have invited their best friends, Mr. and Mrs. Morris, and their super nerd son, Todd, to share the cabin with your family this year. Poor Todd! You're not the protagonist of this story. (laughs) I am the bully. You're the full-on monster in this one. So in that case, would an ending be you dying because...
0: (laughs) at the hands of Todd? No, 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 no. I, I think there's still more to learn here. Okay. I, I think me having a, a, a redemption arc is is a is an ending to shoot for here. Hey, if...
1: I can't think of someone who does redemption arcs on TV. If that person can do that, so can they.
0: What do you mean someone that does redemption arcs redemption on TV?
1: Redemption arcs? Like, like, a, like a reality TV show? Like a TV character show? who's had a redemption arc. Yeah, a rede- redemption arc. I couldn't think of one. Could you I like
0: don't one? think reality TV show is the best place to look for redemption arcs. I would start with something like fictional. Oh. Like um like Zuko. Kurt Hurt's bully in glee.
1: No, because he ends up fucking his ex-boyfriend. That's not really a redemption arc. No, Prince Zuko from Avatar is a redemption arc. Because he goes from hunting the Avatar to helping the Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That that's the one we should have done. For those of you who didn't know what a redemption arc was before this, now you know Now you
1: know Prince Zuko <laughs> is the definition of a redemption arc. And uh, the definition of a fall from grace arc is uh, Princess Azula. Or Todd. Or Todd. Yeah, let's watch this. Let's watch this (laughs) child just end it. You can't believe it. Your worst nerdmare has
0: just come true. Oh, no.
1: They're really... Emphasizing this,
0: this can't be happening to me. You
1: say aloud as your family's minivan pulls up to Woods World. You're already spotted the Morris's car. It's parked beneath a string of colored lanterns hanging over the entrance to Woods World. Woods World. Fuck. They're really gonna make me say this word a lot in this book. Uh huh. Woods World is the cabin community that your family has vacationed at every summer since you were a baby. You have something like this, don't you, Ryan?
0: Uh yeah. So I there you go. Yeah, I have a um. Are you doxing me? Yeah, hey, g- girl, <laughs> you've already said where I live. You've
1: said like...
0: Not only did you give the region that I live earlier on the podcast, you have now given my summer home as well.
1: <laughs> it's a big
0: It's a big location. It is a big location. You
1: also didn't have to say it was your summer home.
0: It's my um, spring house. Is that better? Just I, saying that while I, you're... You can picture... I have disguised it. I am a master of disguise.
1: Master of disguise. I don't have a
0: summer home. I have a spring house. Yes. And a fall cottage and a winter wonderland. All
1: to say that you can probably picture your place as this place, maybe. Then you spot Todd. He's gawky, stringy-haired, and wears thick black-rimmed glasses. Hey, hey, what do you say? Todd calls to you. His big hand whirly birds out to the car window in a nerdy wave. Wh- whirlybirds? whirly birds? His I've big made...
0: hand whirly birds out of the car. Like I no, I think he's it's just, just, waving. just waving? He's just waving. No, he's
1: saying in a nerdy wave, so maybe it's like a like a little swoop in a wave. Like
0: I think it's just like stiff. Just like a, yeah. like a stiff wave. Yeah, that's a loser wave if I hey, ever saw one. Hey! hey.
1: Like Kirby. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. just like Kirby. Oh, but he does it
1: with both hands and both, both nubs. <laughs> Be nice. Your mom cautions.
0: Yes, maybe Todd... Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, is he co- Dad...
1: No no, yeah. no, 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 because, like, Dad, I feel... The parents are never in these books for long. I want, I want a Cockney character for a while.
0: Okay. Yes, maybe Todd is different now. Says your dad. Oh, he's different, all right. You moan. From everyone else on this whole planet. Go to page two, and your character
1: is really mimicking, like, the type of attitude every Goosebumps boy has. Yes,
0: that's what I- I try to encapsulate that persona for all of me as the protagonist.
1: Anyone who's not me is a loser.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm cool.
0: I'm the protagonist.
1: Your minivan and the Morris's car both roll up the gravel drive next to Evergreen Cabin. You gaze around. Nothing has changed since last summer. The woods behind your cabin are still dark and deep. The sparkling blue lake in front of the cabin is as smooth as glass. A narrow, sandy beach stretches into an easy curve around the shoreline of the lake. The sun has almost set, leaving behind a fiery pink-orange glow in the sky. There's enough daylight left to for you to notice a note taped to the screen door of your cabin cool you cry you jump out of the car that must be a note from my friends you tell your parents you sprint across the lawn and up the porch step you pull the note off the cabin door let's read what the note says you unfold the note you read it out loud
0: kids only campfire tonight 8 p.m at the beach Wonderful! Your mom
1: cries as she hurries up behind you. It's only
0: 7 o'clock now. You can help unload the car, then go. This will be a perfect opportunity for the other Woods World kids to meet Todd. And a perfect opportunity for them to think I'm a nerd, too, because I'm with him.
1: You mutter. But no one hears you, (laughs) even though you said that... As loudly and as matter-of-factly. And a perfect opportunity (laughs) for them
0: to think I'm a nerd, too, because I'm with him.
1: (laughs) Your parents and Mr. and Mrs. Morris have gone inside the cabin. No one hears you. You watch Todd unload his stuff from the car as he pulls out a red tin box. Three very large, red-haired boys bike up to your driveway. They're the Murphy brothers. Jess, Buck,
0: and Sharky. (laughs) Welcome to Woods World, nerdo! The
1: oldest brother, Sharky, taunts Todd. Sharky's 15, so clearly he's the coolest person in this book so far, because... Fifteen, they might as well be like a full grown adult who smokes cigars. And, and
0: like, Sharky, Sharky,
1: Sharky's fifteen. He looks as if he's been lifting weights since he was two years old. We got a jacked up toddler over here. I'm
0: imagining like, do you do you remember the the kid that looked like? Uh, wait, Martin. did they actually give him like steroids? N- the steroid kid. What? What do you mean? He was like a child weightlifter? Yes! Wait, was he he also the one who He was like an eight-year-old with abs. Also known as Little Hercules, is 11 years old. Since the age of six, he has been described pound for pound as the world's strongest human being. That's this that's this kid. I
1: was picturing Martin from the last from Batwing Hall.
0: (laughs) He's thinned out.
1: Last summer a kid told you that Sharky got his nickname because getting into a fight with Sharky is like trying to survive a shark attack.
0: I see you brought us a present.
1: Sharky says to Todd. He grabs the tin box and tosses it to his youngest brother, Jess.
0: Hey! Todd
1: shouts. That's my pewter
0: figure collection.
1: Bring that box back. This kid is just looking to get his ass kicked. His pewter figure collection. Everyone Tears.
0: has a pewter figure collection.
1: Which one's yours? What do you have?
0: I have a, uh, I have a pewter cup. Uh-huh. I have a pewter necklace. And I have a Pewter heart. The only thing I know of Pewter is the Pewter
1: City Gym from Pokemon.
0: There is a Pewter City?
1: It's the first one. It's where Brock is. It's like the first gym you go to. Oh. Pewter City.
0: Onyx! Rock slide! Onyx! Pikachu! Ouch! Jeez! Oh no! Pikachu! <laughs> I don't remember. I wasn't old enough to know what Pewter was when I was playing Pokemon. I didn't
1: either. I, apparently all of the... um all of the town's indigo palette cerulean no those are all colors never mind pewter's a color too pewter is a color and so is palette and indigo and saffron and fuchsia and palette town is because it's the palette all the colors are on cute anyway tears form in his eyes as the murphy brothers pedal away taking the box with them go to page 12 oh that's the treasure fucking figurines it might be what else would the treasure be the stolen treasure they just stole his pewter figurine collection
0: (laughs) i thought he stole a treasure no his treasure was stolen
1: you try to pretend that you don't see todd crying but this kid is not a quiet sniffler he's a loud sobber (laughs) todd cries Tears spurt out of his eyes like a water main break in the
0: middle of Main Street. All right, all right. You finally say. I'll go to the campfire and get your precious pewter collection back.
1: I'm coming too. Todd says. He wipes his nose on his sleeve. Go, Gross. You glance over at the porch. The parents are so busy talking, they don't notice that Todd's tears are flooding the place. You notice, though. Now you have to decide if you're going to bring Todd to the campfire or leave him to cry at the cabin. All right, Ryan, are you going to ditch Todd and go to the campfire alone, or are you going to drag Todd with you to the fire?
0: Uh, So it depends uh,
1: if you like Todd or not, I guess.
0: I think I'm going to take Todd with me to the campfire.
1: All right. Let's take the crybaby to the cabin, to the campfire. You can't help feeling sorry for Todd. Are you just trying to get a redemption arc after calling this kid a nerd so much? I think so. Yeah. You decide to take him to the campfire.
0: Maybe if those Murphy brothers see you crying, they'll feel sorry for you too. Nope, he's still an asshole. That's manipulative.
1: You tell Todd. They're the meanest boys I've ever met. Todd wails. He takes a package of tissues out from his shorts pocket and blows his
0: nose. Loud. Really, Todd? You say. You'll scare them away with that honking more than they could ever scare you. I want... My pewter collection back. It's my most precious possession.
1: As soon as Todd says this, the faucets open again. He can't stop crying. I can't go to the campfire. He sobs. My sinuses are all clogged now. You'll have to face them alone, I guess. Alone? You repeat, cheering up
0: immediately. Without you, Todd. I'm sorry. Todd weeps. I just don't feel like going to a party tonight. If you
1: insist. You say happily, and the book makes the decision for you. It's
0: making us go back to the page that if I decided to leave him alone, it would have taken us here anyways. This book
1: clearly does not like Todd. I don't either. (laughs) I would punch this kid. You leave Todd to cry alone at the cabin.
0: You stay here and unpack your stuff. You say to Todd. I'll go to the campfire and
1: get the box back for you. That's one less thing he won't be able to pack unpack you hurry out the cabin door you head for the usual campfire spot at the south end of the beach a giant fire is already blazing when you arrive you see your friend lauren woods what does she oh her parents own woods world Uh uh-huh she and the regular crowd of woods world so wait so the, the place isn't called woods world because it's in the woods it's because her last name is woods
0: i guess so It's like the self-fulfilling prophecy names that I talked about last time. Is it
1: just going to have pictures of her all over the place? Is that why it's like the family? Like Woods
0: World. It's like um, all the trees are like grandmother trees, but instead they're Lauren's face.
1: (laughs) She and the regular crowd of Woods World kids are sitting around the fire listening to Sharky Murphy tell a creepy story.
0: Remember the legend of the werewolves?
1: Sharky is saying mysteriously.
0: At first you may think you're talking to a friend. Then, the full moon comes out from behind a cloud. You see hair grow on your friend's face. Thangs take the place of teeth. A voice that was once human turns into a beastly
1: howl. Sharky pauses and lowers his voice to a whisper. Ooh. He
0: says, The full moon is out tonight. This is a perfect night for the werewolves of one's world to appear. No one is safe here. Not now, not ever.
1: Honestly, the perfect setup, the perfect location. Sharky laughs an evil laugh as he finishes his story. The kids sitting around the campfire study each other's faces, searching for hair or maybe fangs. Oh, okay. They're searching it on each other. I thought they were like searching around like for like for
0: for ticks, but instead of they're (laughs) looking for signs of werewolf.
1: As clouds cover the full moon, the campfire party breaks up. Everyone says good night. Lauren Woods laughs as she calls to you.
0: Nighty night! Don't let the werewolves
1: bite. I, that's I knew. That's, where, I, that's I knew it's her Go, Lauren! Did you ever see a werewolf, Sharky? One of the younger kids asks before he leaves. Ha! Laughs
0: Sharky. My brothers and I saw plenty of werewolf tracks in the woods just before we came to the campfire. How would he know that they're not just regular wolves? Oh, maybe their human feet turned into werewolf feet.
1: Maybe they're haunches. Mmm.
0: <laughs> Keeping it to myself. <laughs> isn't that right jess
1: yeah the youngest murphy brother says we saw the werewolf tracks when we were burying the nerdy kid's box so you think to yourself they buried todd's box you promised to get the box back for todd but should you go out alone tonight when the moon is full do we think this is a big deciding factor looking for the box or going back to the cabin probably yeah this might be the big deciding factor Are you going to go be Todd's hero, or are you going to go back to the cabin?
0: I am going to go back to the cabin.
1: You're going to go back to the cabin. Let's go to page 70. Mm. The full moon, the black sky, and the thought of werewolves in the woods help you decide what to do. You are definitely going back to the cabin. You can always hunt for the box in the morning. As you walk along the path back to Evergreen Cabin, Lauren catches up with you.
0: I'm sure glad you're back this summer. This werewolf thing is really bad for business. You don't really believe there are werewolves in these woods, do you, Lauren? You ask. I didn't until I started hearing the howling. <laughs> she says quietly. Have you heard it yet? You're just like, I know that's Syria what anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> just like, <laughs> like a <laughs> fucking chimney sweep. Well, You're just Dick Van Dyke. Well, when I... So, the reason I said I was going to save it and that it was like... Uh, a subpar accent is because my character was really stupid and sometimes you could barely understand what I was saying between the the accent and the character voice I decided to give him. Give me a break! You laugh as you reach your cabin. It's probably just the wind blowing through the trees. Yeah, probably. Lauren agrees. She
1: nervously twists a strand of her long, black, coal miner hair around her finger. Well, see you tomorrow. The lights are out. All- the lights are all. <laughs> lights are out. Lights are out. Oh, in your cabin. You enter quietly. You tiptoe past your parents, and the Morris' room's all good and nice. They're all sleeping, but you hear a noise coming from the room and you're sharing with Todd. What is it in it? <laughs> Yours is better. We're gonna go to page 99. We're gonna
0: forget that I even tried. <laughs> no, I, th- I think the narrator should be uh, Cockney the entire time. I uh, n- n- Nope. The noise. <laughs> people would tune out. No, thank you. Oh, did you finish that page? Yes. Oh, I had tuned out as well.
1: (laughs) The noise you hear is Todd crying into his pillow, and also me picking up my, uh, picking up my dignity after it had just so (laughs) been shattered a moment ago. You are too tired to talk now. Instead, you kick off your sneakers and climb into your bed with your clothes on. Mm. Just as you start
0: to drift off into sleep... That's how I slept as a kid. I slept with my full clothes on
1: not in PJs until
0: until I went to college I think
1: that is disgusting
0: like and I barely slept in my bed either I slept on the couch for the most part, what I just fall asleep watching TV.
1: I mean, that's because you thought your house was haunted, that's so true.
0: you were like afraid to sleep. That's because back. I knew my house was haunted. There's a difference. We're
1: we gonna delve into that, or I feel like we should save that for an episode where we're talking about a haunted
0: house. Love it. We'll save it.
1: Love that. Uh, we'll put a pin in that one. Um, anyway, just as you start to drift off to sleep, you hear
0: how ow 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 owl. So we're just. The
1: gayest, the, the gayest <laughs> werewolf you ever did hear. Did you hear that? Todd cries. He jumps out of bed and hurries over to your bedside. The light from the full moon casts an eerie glow over Todd's terrified face.
0: Don't be afraid. It's only the wind howling. You mutter.
1: How, how, ow, ow, ow! Todd leaps into your bed and screams. It's a wild animal. Or a drag queen. <laughs> Before you can answer. A rock with a note attached flies through your open window and lands on the wooden floor. You push Todd aside and wriggle out of the bed. You pick up the rock, tear the note off,
0: and read aloud. The werewolves of Woodsworld, they love to see red. So the box that was yours is now their box instead? The werewolves of Woodsworld disappear at dawn. So you must find the box before this night
1: is gone. You're telling me that the big like thing that you have to do is just find a box? Find the box of stolen goods. Yeah. And not die. Fuck the box, just stay in the cabin all night. But his pewter
0: collection.
1: There are werewolves outside. I'm sorry, but like if he dies in this book, it's his fault that he's literally how much is pewter even worth? You know what? I need to Pewter or nothing. Look 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 up real quick. I need to look up how much pewter's worth.
0: It's it's not that it's not worth that much. I'm pretty sure pewter's an alloy.
1: Look up how much a pewter figurine would be.
0: Figurine. Let's see. This one's twenty-five. That's six. Oh, this one's six hundred.
1: What is it though?
0: It's um a World of War. Yeah, like a life-size. Like uh, this hydro is ninety dollars.
1: Okay, so there's like some. They're probably Dungeons and Dragons figurines that he has. They're probably worth a good amount of money.
0: And plus, what about the sentimental value? That's just priceless. True. It's like that
1: Mastercard commercial.
0: Easy breezy, beautiful, priceless. No, I get it. Okay. A weekend stay at Woods World, uh, one hundred twenty nine. Uh, a welcome mat for your cabin, twelve ninety nine. Wood for the bonfire, ten ninety nine. Making sure that your cousin is he even your cousin? No, he's not my cousin. Making sure that your mom's friend's nerdy <laughs> son gets his pewter box. Collect, uh, his pewter figurine collection from a box buried in the woods surrounded by werewolves? Priceless. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard.
1: Okay, Todd. You announce. You fold up the note and slip it into the pocket of your jeans. This means war. Yeah! Todd agrees with a sudden burst of courage. He grips your arm and asks, What werewolves? Where? That's exactly what we're going to find out. You reply. You quickly fill Todd in on Sharky's story about the werewolves. You slip your sneakers back on as Todd pulls jeans over his Looney Tunes pajamas. This book is making, like taking leaps and bounds to just express how much of a dork this kid
0: is. I wonder what Looney Tune it is. Lola. That's it. Lola. Lola Bunny.
1: Then, holding a flashlight in one hand and a nervous Todd in the other, you sneak out the front door. You're carrying him? Yep. (laughs) Slowly, you and Todd creep down the porch steps. You step onto the grass and stop. You hear rustling in the bushes near the cabin. Who's there? You demand in a loud whisper. The only answer is another haunting howl from somewhere deep in the woods. Howl, ow, 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 Clouds cover the full moon now, making it difficult to see the path. You spot two sets of blinking lights in the distance. Two red lights blink in the direction of the path leading to the beach. Two white lights blink in the opposite direction, down a path that leads deep into the woods. Which way? Todd asks, clinging to your arm. This I think is this the is deciding the big factor. Decision. Yeah. You going for the red lights or you going for the white lights? Either way it's lights.
0: Red lights on the beach, white lights in the woods. I'm going to go to the red lights on the beach. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Each.
1: Let's go get away.
0: Who am I? Let's go to the beach. Beach.
1: Mickey, Mickey. Ninky
0: Ninky Minjaj. This way, you answer. Toward the two red lights.
1: You lead the way through a wall of thorny bushes.
0: There should be a path to the beach around here somewhere, you say. Yowch, Todd cries. These stupid thorns are scratching me all up. You better watch out so you don't bleed too much. <laughs> you joke. You don't want those werewolves to catch the scent of fresh blood.
1: Todd's knees tremble as the two of you push through the overgrown vines and shrubs.
0: Are you sure this is the path? Todd asks. It's so dark out here. I can't see
1: a thing. Before you can answer, you hear ow 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 owl. Ow, ow. This time, the terrifying noise is very very close. Oh no! Todd whines. What was that sound? You try not to panic, for Todd's sake. You flip on the flashlight switch. Darkness still surrounds you. You hit the flashlight on your hand. Once, twice, still no light. Stupid batteries. You mumble, but even without light, you notice the ground under your feet changing from dry to slippery and very slimy. Where are you? Where are you?
0: We're going to page four.
1: It's a cave! In all the summers I've been coming to Woods World, you say to Todd.
0: (laughs) But... In all the summers I've been coming to Woods World... You say to Todd... I never knew that there was a cave here. Let's check it out.
1: Then you hear a voice from somewhere deep in the cave. A voice calling your name. Ryan. Mm -hmm. Ryan. Hello? You think the voice sounds like Shark B. Murphy. Ryan. But you can't be sure. Hello? You answer. You start to move towards... You start to move forward in the deep black cave. Todd tugs you back. Don't go in. He warns. Again, the voice from inside calls your name. Ryan. You feel pulled by the voice and pulled by Todd at the same time. What's it going to be? Go in or stay out. You going inside the cave, Ryan? Or are you going to listen to Todd and stay out of the cave?
0: Well, at the bottom it says, To answer the call of the cave, turn to this page. If you feel safer listening to Todd and staying out of the cave... Turn to page 37. Already without reading that bottom, I wanted to go into the cave. But the fact that it's like, if you feel safer listening to Todd, no one feels safer listening to Todd. So, so we're going to go into the cave. We're going to answer the call of the cave.
1: Come on, Todd. You say. You reach over and hold on to his arm.
0: We're going into the cave and we're not letting those Murphy brothers scare us. Are we? We aren't. Gulps Todd. I mean, no, we aren't.
1: Todd's redemption arc. A thin beam of moonlight shines into the mouth of the cave. You can see that the floor is pure slime. You take one step forward. Your feet fly up into the air. You land flat on your back and bring Todd down with you. Then you and Todd start sliding faster and faster. Wow! wow. Your two voices blend into one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know I was going to say that. Pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. You squeeze your eyes shut. You feel as if you're sliding down the world's steepest water slide. Down, down you go. Faster, faster. You and Todd zoom down a slime-slicked tunnel in total darkness. This book is full of tongue twisters, and I hate it. I just said tongue twisters.
0: <laughs> I know, you said the, the book fine until you started speaking your own words.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Todd No. You and Todd zoom down a... Nope, I already said that. Just when you think your body can't take one more second of this wild ride, it ends with a grand slam bam. Again? <laughs> Grand slam, bam, grand slam, bam, grand slam, bam, grand slam, bam. You smashed into a wet cave wall. So if you open your eyes now, turn to page 85. If you can't bear to look, keep your eyes low, low, closed, and try to turn to page 7. My- what does it
0: mean try to turn? Is my brain just not working today? today? I guess not. What do you
1: mean if you can't?
0: It says if It says if you open your eyes now, go to page 85. If you can't bear to look. Keep your eyes closed and try to turn to page 7.
1: I think the book wants you to literally close your eyes and try to turn to page 7. Should I do that? Or what choice are you going to make? Are you opening them now or are you going to keep them closed?
0: I am going... I feel like it's dumb to keep your eyes... Like, I can't see the benefit of keeping your eyes closed. It's
1: an easy choice. It's one muscle that operates it.
0: All right. Open or close? I'm going to open my eyes. You're going to
1: open your eyes now on 85. You and Todd hit the cave wall with a giant thud. You both open your eyes at the same time and see the same eerie sight. Eyes! Hundreds! No, thousands of bright yellow eyes! Eyes on the ceiling, on the walls, on the floor? Bats! Todd exclaims. He sounds more amazed than scared. They won't hurt us. I studied all about
0: them for a science report.
1: You're not so sure Todd's right. Two bats fly right by your face. Their yellow eyes whiz past you like shooting stars. The flapping of their webbed wings create a breeze that sends chills down your spine. Their bat fingers
0: with their bat fingers fingers.
1: you whip your head around and duck out to move out of the bat's flight path as you duck down you feel bat wings brush across your face their tiny bat fingers catch in your hair (laughs) then they fly away yanking out small clumps of your hair as they go the bats surround you you turn and find todd it's hard to see through the thousands of flapping bat wings where is he on page 42 that's where he is Todd is standing next to you. He's just as surrounded by the beastly bats as you are. But Todd is acting as if they are butterflies instead of bats. He's even reaching out his hands to them. A sudden gust of wind blows through the cave. The bats beat their wings furiously, which creates an instant whirlpool. The force pulls Todd backwards. What? Are the bats' physics literally creating a... a, win- a, a- Yeah,
0: just a wind. That's a lot of bats. That's It's a lot of bats. They said thousands. Yeah, but... Okay. You can't believe your own
1: eyes. Todd is being sucked into a tunnel. A tunnel filled with yellow bat eyes. T- Todd! You scream. Bats! 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 Everywhere bats! Todd yells as you watch him being drawn deeper and deeper into the tunnel. They're beautiful! Who knew this? You knew this kid was weird. Now what are you supposed to do? Are you going to go down the tunnel of eyes after Todd, or are you going to turn back and run for help? for help? The eyes have it if you turn to page 47. When the going gets tough, the tough get going for help. Turn to page nineteen. Oh, this book's being be cheeky with their with their with the RLs having fun. So are the eyes having it? Or when the going gets tough, are you gonna get
0: going? I'm gonna get going for help.
1: You're gonna turn to page nineteen. Yep. Yeah. Fuck this.
0: Forget this. You cry. I'm out of here.
1: You decide you're going back to the cabin to get help. It's one thing to try and get Todd's stupid box back. It's a whole nother thing to get eaten alive by bats. You quickly turn to leave, but in the darkness and with the bats flapping around your eyes, you can't see where you're going. You try to retrace your steps out of the cave, but you are blocked by what seems to be a wall of ice. You feel the frozen wall with your hands. The surface is so cold it burns! You quickly pull back your hands. Then you hear a strange rumble. The ice wall starts to move. It slides open like a sliding glass door. You see a small room completely covered in ice. A blast of arctic air rushes out to you. The warmer air from the rest of the cave surges through the ice door. A perfectly round ice window in the roof of the room melts. Light from the full moon outside streams in through the newly formed skylight. The moon shines on the frozen forms of 13 gruesome werewolves. Oh no! The frozen werewolves are beginning to melt. Go to page 109 and see what fucked up Rube Goldberg you've just set off. The werewolves' frozen faces begin to move grotesquely. They start to thaw. The werewolves open their jaws. Their fangs gleam in the full moon's light. So wait, were these people human at one point, Frozen? That's what I've
0: been thinking. Like, <laughs> How does he know they're werewolves and not just regular wolves? I'm, are they just like walking on their hind legs? Has they on their haunches? No.
1: <laughs> Educate me. What are
0: haunches? Haunches are like like, they're sitting on their haunches. Like, the the That's ass? part of their. Yeah, but it, it, it's like ass meat's legs. Ass meat? Uh, yes, if ass meat. It's, a-
1: it's their a- ass meat. It's their ass meat
0: legs. Yeah, if their haunches are. But, like, if they're walking on their paws, they're not walking on their. Haunches. The mm-hmm. haunches are like the full, like back legs, like the thighs and everything.
1: All right. Well, I'm dumb, and we're gonna continue. <laughs> we can we can literally have a segment of just everything that I've said that's been wrong on this podcast. And Hold on. I want
0: I want to look up a full definition of haunches because now it has me thinking. Because
1: by the way, peyote's not weed. Yeah, peyote's
0: a hallucinogenic. A, a buttocks and thigh considered together in a human or animal. That's what the the haunches are. Oh, so like upper thigh? Yeah, it's like what I was saying. Thigh meets ass.
1: Thigh meets ass. Thigh
0: meets ass.
1: Yeah their fangs gleam in the full moon's light you watch the hairy fanged beasts with fascination they seem to communicate to one another in low growls and short howls but oh, oh so they're completely thawed now when all of them seem to be totally unfrozen the leader of the pack leads the way out through the open ice door the pack of wolves walk right past you they don't notice so you pressed flat against the wall they watch as you watch as they lumber into the cave when the last one has passed, you wait a few seconds. Then you follow the sound of their low growls through the dark cave. Where are they going? Follow the werewolves to page 130. Where are they going? Do you think they're going to go eat Todd? We'll see. You have entered the tunnel of the wolves. Now you hear a bone chilling. How, ow, ow, ow. Ow-o. Again. How, ow, ow, ow. Ow-o. Only this time it isn't exactly bone chilling, <laughs> it sounds more like chalk screeching on a blackboard. <laughs> That's better. I don't think that's a werewolf howl. You say aloud. Yes, no, it's like no, it's like pea town visitors. Ha owl girl. Ha owl.
0: We're we're gonna make howl a thing. Howl? Howl. Uh,
1: <laughs> yes. Let us know if you want that on a T shirt. <laughs> I don't think that's a werewolf howl. You say aloud. Then you see a very surprising sight. It's top sorry. It's Todd! He looks awful! His hair is covered in slime dropped by the slugs on the cave ceiling. Oh, I, I guess this—I guess that's where the slime's coming from. His geeky face is completely white, and his mouth is wide open in a howling O shape. Todd! You shout, startling out of his howling. Oh, he's howling!
0: Yes. I don't think that's a werewolf howl is what it said. And then it went to, it's Todd. Oh. Huh. I'm making the werewolves think that I'm one
1: of them. Todd answers in a terrified and shaky voice.
0: I heard them running. I didn't know what to do, so I started howling. I don't believe it, you
1: say. Todd, you will hurt. Then you hear the werewolves too. They're running. Which way? Toward you or away from you? Let's figure out. The werewolves. Todd shouts. Start howling. You grab Todd's shoulders and give him a good shake. Snap out of it, Todd.
0: You order him. It's either either howl or run. He insists. And we don't know which way the werewolves are heading. There is one more choice, Todd. You reply.
1: You point to a stream of light at the end of yet another tunnel. It looks as if it might be the way out. There. You say. Oh, yeah, sure. Todd says nervously.
0: I already saw that tunnel. I also saw the giant hole in the floor between us and the way out. Just listen to this. Todd drops a loose stone into the
1: hole. The two of you wait to hear it hit bottom. It never does.
0: A bottomless pit. Todd, but why did you make a sound of it hitting the bottom if it never hits the bottom? Rock bottom. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> ah, bottomless <laughs> Pit. Todd announces, ow, 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 No, this one's the actual wolves, I think.
0: That is the actual wolves. Oh, right. It has been the whole time. No, that's right. The Fire Island werewolves. The ones that sounded like a screeching on a chalkboard. That was Todd. That was Todd.
1: This time the howling isn't coming from Todd. He's too busy talking about the pit. It's the
0: werewolves.
1: Todd whispers, "Start howling." No, jump! You shout. So are you going to howl to save yourself, or are you going to jump across the bottomless pit?
0: I don't think either of these choices are a good one, honestly. I am going to jump across the bottomless pit. We have to jump across the pit. You insist. It'll be the only way out of this place. I can't do
1: it. Todd whines. You will have to go first. As soon as you hear the howling again, all your nervousness disappears. Come on, Todd. You cry. The werewolves are getting closer. Without another word, you back up a few steps and take a running leap. It is so dark, you can't be sure if you're making it across the pit or not. All you know is that you're flying through the air. In seconds, your feet lands on solid ground. Dirt crumbles under your heels. You are half on, half off the edge of the pit. Whoa! You cry, swaying back and forth over the open pit. Don't leave me! Todd screams. I'm trying my best not to. You snap. You fall forward onto the ground in front of you.
0: Woo! That was close.
1: You can't finish this sentence because what you see standing behind Todd is making your mouth drop wide open. Werewolves. There are werewolves behind
0: Still me. Still you.
1: Werewolves. There are were werewolves behind you. You finally manage to scream. Jump, Todd. Jump. You fumble with the faulty flashlight. This time it goes on. You point the flickering beam past Todd's slug-slimed head. So much alliteration in this <laughs> book. Uh, it's like it wants me to just like... Bleh, 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 bleh. You aim for the eyes of the snarling beasts. Yes, it's working. The light is hypnotizing
0: them. You shout. Hurry, jump across.
1: Oh. Todd cries as he glances back and finds himself eyeball to eyeball with the werewolves. Jump! You yell. Jump! As the werewolves reach out for him, Todd jumps. You lean over the edge of the gaping pit and grab for Todd's outstretched hand. You stretch your own arm as far as you can and... Are you catching Todd or are you not catching Todd? Are you catching Todd or not catching Todd? So... Yeah, there's a lot to think about with this one, I think.
0: Talk it out. I... I think if I catch Todd, there is dirt crumbling under my feet, and I'm going to tumble head first into this pit, and something bad's going to happen.
1: I think, yeah, I agree. I think the weight of Todd, you grabbing Todd, is going to kill you both. But, but if I
0: don't catch him, he could die. And, but that's, the a, other thing and is, that's a bad ending. But the other thing is, I'm thinking like back to uh, Batwing Hall, where I was like, you have to like almost like keep... keep a couple of steps ahead. Keep things guessing and, uh, like, not follow the same path. I've already decided to leave Todd behind. I
1: don't know. Remember Beware the layer. Remember what good that did me?
0: I, they told you to beware the layer. I never would have yeah, gone to the Lair. And
1: I, I juked out of the way of that path.
0: So what are you going to do? I'm going... Uh, uh, I'm not going to catch Todd. You're not going to let, catch let him, Todd. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him plunge on 61.
1: Oops! You missed. Sorry, Todd! <laughs> you call down into the bottomless pit. You lean over and watch Todd get smaller and smaller and smaller. You hear Todd's voice calling your name as he falls down, 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 Can you move it along? I'm all out of time cards. Down, 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 down. <laughs> But don't feel too bad. After all, it's a bottomless pit. So you know Todd will never, ever reach the, the end. It's a good first... No, it is not a good ending. I don't feel that bad. Okay, but you didn't get the precious tre- sunken treasure.
0: That's true. And
1: <laughs> how are you going to explain to your parents and your parents' best friends that their son is in a never-ending falling hell? This is a bad <laughs> ending.
0: This is a bad ending. This
1: is Ryan's first bad ending.
0: This is my first bad ending. Oh
1: my god, you are not bulletproof.
0: Oh my god. Oh
1: my god. I would have made this same choice too because I would have thought catching him would have killed me as well. What page are we going back to?
0: Um, we're going back to page 41. But, I mean, so I am going to catch Todd now and go to page 80. Okay.
1: Maybe the book was thinking, is like, do you really want to catch this loser?
0: <laughs> this is your chance. to Be rid of him for good. See, this is what I was saying, where I had already decided to abandon Todd. I can't make the the decision to abandon him again. That was a bad ending. Yeah. I should have stuck with that train of thought. Yeah. You caught me. Todd exclaims,
1: grabbing your hand.
0: We caught each other. What? You sputter.
1: Your hands grasp Todd's hands over the center of the hole. Oh no, we're falling. I can't look. Todd shrieks. Oh, brother. You think as you feel your arms and legs become all tangled up with Todd's? Uh, Are you fusing?
0: Just my luck. Of all people in the world, I could have fallen into a bottomless, top, bottomless pit with. It had to be Todd Morris. What, did
1: he want to fall in with, like, Lauren Woods? Like, I think so. Get tangled up in, Lauren, in Lauren's woods? <laughs>
0: <laughs> get your limbs over here. <laughs> Get all tangled up in this. We're going to go jump into the pit. Get minge all good, all good all right, all. <laughs>
1: Down, down, down you fall Spinning and tumbling head over heels Over head over heels with no end in sight This book wants me to fuck up my words It's trying so hard Todd sticks to you like syrup to pancakes And now that you think of it He's probably getting that syrupy slug juice All over you too Ew. <laughs> You're not sure which is worse Having Tom glued to you or being slimed by slugs Todd, his name is Todd Or both, of what did I say? Tom Todd <laughs> You have plenty of time to think about it since you'll be free falling for quite a while. Free fall over to page 38. Are you gonna land eventually? The falling thing is starting to get boring. With no bottom to this pit, there's nothing to look forward to. No fun with no bottom, right?
0: There's no fun with no bottom. Still,
1: there's nothing to see down below. You and Todd gaze up instead. You immediately are hit in the eye with drops of some liquid. Liquid. You you can't say that. You can't (laughs) say that, RL. You can't just say some liquid after saying... No bottom. Yikes. Todd screams. There's a whole
0: pack of werewolves up there.
1: Todd's right. At the rim of the pit, 20 or more hungry werewolves are leaning into the hole. Wait, there's no... They're still falling and you can still see the werewolves at the top of the pit?
0: I guess so. I don't get it. I'm thinking it's like a, uh, like a, like one of those astronaut anti-gravity, like tubes that they go in. Like the, oh, but like spy kids. Like, oh, like, um, Like
1: Islands of Lost Dreams. Yeah,
0: like sky, yeah, like skydiving. Where you think
1: you're falling.
0: But uh, there's like a fan blowing it up at you.
1: Mm-hmm. Todd's right. At the rim of the pit, 20 or more hungry werewolves are leaning into the hole. Those drops that hit you in the eye were drops of drool dripping from the face of every beast. Jesus Christ! RL! Thickwit. <laughs> no, it's just drops of drool dripping.
0: Yeah, drool is thickwit.
1: Drool is a thickwit. Gross! The werewolves want food, and you and Todd are it. You can feel their fire-red eyes staring right at you. A hot glob of drool hits the tip of Todd's ear and dribbles down the side of his neck. Oh, disgusting. He moans. He pulls his hand away from your arm to wipe off the steaming drool. Uh-oh. Todd is falling away from you. You're both on your own now. You're still falling on page one eight- on 102. Mm. You hear from the darkness below you. It's Todd, and he sounds very far away. You've been falling for three pages. Uh I'm impressed you've lost him now for sure too bad you think sadly i was just starting to get used to having him around goodbye todd you call as loudly as you can i'm sorry i said you were a nerd this is the redemption arc Yep. i really do like you you know honest with tears in your eyes you call out one last bye todd i will miss you really i will you really will miss me a happy voice calls out unexpectedly right next to your ear wow that's swell is he pranking you was this whole thing (laughs) like an elaborate nerd trick is that what the end of this book is gonna be
0: huh what's going on turn to page 93
1: todd you exclaim when you hear his voice right next to you what what's happening how did
0: i catch up to you so fast you didn't todd laughs we caught
1: up to you is he riding the bats did he like is he like the bat the bat tamer now Before Todd can say more, you realize you are no longer falling. You and Todd are both sitting on the back of some giant winged thing. What the? You start to ask.
0: It's a pterodactyl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I'm... List of things that I was expecting it to be. Not that. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play a game when you did theater called Pterodactyl before? Oh,
0: uh, yes. And I don't remember it. So
1: what you had to do was you had to oh, literally. I it yeah, though. you had to, it. you sat in a circle and you had to take turns saying Pterodactyl to people. But you had to have your lips over your teeth like. Pterodactyl. And you're supposed to make the other person crack and make the other person laugh. But you can challenge them by squawking back at them going. It's like. P-a-ta.
0: Pterodactyl. P-a-p-a. Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> pterodactyl. And you would lose. <laughs> oh, well, take it back. I, to I can't ter- believe that there's pterodactyls in Woods World. Take it back to pterodactyl. Maybe his um maybe he, his ex wife's last name was pterodactyl.
1: Whose ex wife? Uh, Mr. Woods?
0: Mr. Woods. Mr. Woods? Mr. Woods. And Mrs. And,
1: Mrs. Para? Uh, miss Pterodactyl miss now, ter- Oh,
0: yeah. After the divorce.
1: After the, it was a messy divorce. Yeah. But they got the Pterodactyl in the divorce. <laughs> yeah, they
0: got <kept> the Pterodactyl. <laughs> she just missed now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Pterodactyl. Todd explains. Probably preserved in this pit for
1: centuries how that works. The huge prehistoric flying reptile is moving its head, first up, then down. It seems to be asking you to choose which way you want to go, up or down, like a fucking elevator. So do you want to fly up to the werewolves or do you want to go down to the unknown? The
0: prehistoric uh,
1: flying reptile is waiting. Ooh,
0: I really, I really want to go into the unknown. Into
1: the unknown.
0: Um... <laughs> yeah, but I'm not.
1: No, oh, I'm excited. I wanted to. You've already died once, so like, what's another death?
0: Yeah, you're curious. I, I, but this this pterodactyl came from somewhere where there's probably other bad things. We, I, I need to go find that box. And all of this, I'm just thinking. I need that. Werewolves? I need that pewter figurine. So I'm gonna fly to the werewolves. I'm okay. um, 116. Go up,
1: you command. I think I'm going to. Todd says in a queasy voice. I.
0: <laughs> I said go up, not throw up. Kid's still a nerd.
1: You yell. The pterodactyl instantly points its head upwards and flaps its wings hard. Up, 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 you rise. You soar through the darkness at speeds you never thought possible. Wow. Todd exclaimed. This thing moves really. This thing really moves. This thing moves really. <laughs> He's right in fact. As you look up you realize the pterodactyl has really moved so fast that you're almost at the mouth of the bottomless pit. And you're also almost at the mouths of a pack of very hungry werewolves. Their fangs filled- their fang filled mouths are watering. Fly to page 15. Ha, 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 owl. This is probably another reason why I wanted you to fly into the bottomless pit because I'm done with these werewolves. You hear the werewolves howl in the not so distant distance. Why say that? Th- that's not the... too
0: distant distance.
1: That's also a tongue twister for you. This episode is just going to be called a book of tongue twisters. Uh,
0: I, I, I don't think they've really been too tongue twistery. Or the wolves of Fire Island. <laughs> the wolves of Fire.
1: Island. <laughs> Todd moans as the pterodactyl flies up and out of the pit. The flying reptile tips sideways. It drops you and Todd on the ground right by the werewolves. You land right in front of the werewolves' feet. The wolves are pacing and circling. Some are on all four legs. Some are standing upright on two hind legs on their Haunches? Not on their haunches. haunches. Some are standing upright on their two hind legs. Their growls and howls bounce off the walls of the cave and hit your ears like a pair of cymbals clashing. Woo! What an odor these wolves give off. You have never smelled anything so bad in your life. A hand on your shoulder causes you to spin around. You are face to face with. And you really
0: can't believe this. Alright,
1: who do we think you're facing to face with?
0: Lauren Woods or Mr. Woods.
1: Or the pterodactyl.
0: Or the parents. Or
1: your mom. You rub your eyes to make sure you're not seeing things that aren't really there. But you're not. What you think you see is really there. And what a shock. All three Murphy brothers right here inside the cave.
0: That explains the smell in here. You whisper to Todd. It isn't the werewolves. It's the Murphys who smell. You see the
1: Murphys, but they don't see you. They're too busy defending themselves from the werewolves. Jess is holding a rock and is ready to heave it if the werewolves come close. What was the name of the second brother? Because they haven't had a name. I mean, they haven't had a word in. Uh, Buck. Buck? Buck hasn't said a thing yet, this whole book. We'll see. Suddenly, one wolf leaps forward and pushes all three Murphy brothers into the center of the pack of werewolves. You've never seen the Murphys look so scared. They don't look like bullies now. Now they look like regular kids regular terrified kids that is for a second you think well it serves them right they're the ones who got us into this mess but the next second you feel kind of sorry for them decisions decisions what will you do try to help the murphys or let the wolves have them are you gonna throw the murphys to the wolves or are you gonna lend a helping hand
0: I'm going to lend a helping hand, because if I survive, then maybe they'll tell us where the box is. You're a
1: gooder man than I am. Well, of course you're too nice to throw anyone to the wolves, even the Murphys. But while you give the idea a moment of serious thought, something very strange happens. Instead of clawing and biting and tearing at the bodies of the three Murphy bullies, the wolves hug them. They even kiss them. They pat them on the back and give big fang smiles to all three brothers. The werewolves are treating the Murphys like family. Look at that. You say to
0: Todd. The Murphys are so mean because it runs in their family. The werewolf family. Oh. The thing is, I I knew, I don't know why I made this decision, because I knew that the Murphys were werewolves. And yet, here we are. And here I am. That explains why the the Murphys smell just like a dirty, hairy, scary werewolves.
1: (laughs) Take that sentence again.
0: That explains why the Murphys smell just like a pack of dirty, hairy, scary werewolves. You continue with a laugh. <laughs> it's because... A it, uh, simple case of
1: wolfatosis. Todd laughs at your jokes, but there's nothing funny about having the werewolves' hot breath blowing right in your face. You better start running, or for you and Todd, it's sure to be... The, the end. end. Alright, so... I guess you're not supposed to be altruistic in this book. And um, I guess leaving them to the wolves was the right idea because they are the wolves. They are the wolves. Yeah. So why? I literally
0: don't know why I made that choice because I knew that they were werewolves.
1: So, you're gonna throw the Murphys to the wolves on 87. Sorry, Sharky. You say?
0: You have to help us.
1: Sharky calls out when he spots you and Todd. We didn't mean any harm. Now the werewolves see you. You have to think fast. Tell me where the box is, and I'll save all of you. You shout above the growls and snarls. You werewolves Buck Murphy... I don't even think that's going to register. Can you... A little more diction? The
0: werewolves have it.
1: The werewolves have it? Buck Murphy cries out.
0: That's why we came in here.
1: Yeah, we were trying to get it back for your friend. Or whatever he is. Jess explains. You watch in horror as the wolves lick their chops. Rows of sharpened fangs glisten in the glow of the werewolves' red eyes. They are ready for the Murphy feast. Please. Sharky begs. Help us, please. Let's... Please, on 27. Then you see the thing that started this trouble, the red tin box. Buck was telling the truth. The werewolves do have the box. Todd, look! You cry out. You point to the box resting at the feet of the fiercest werewolf. My pewter collection! Todd exclaims when he sees the box. He forgets for the moment that the danger is only inches away. The werewolf's tongues hang out between pointed, oversized teeth. The smell of their hot breath makes you feel sick. The pterodactyl from the bottomless pit swoops past you. The flapping of its wings send dust and dirt flying up from the ground. The werewolves tuck their faces under their fur-covered arms, trying to keep the clouds of dirt out of their red eyes. While the werewolves' heads are buried in their arms, you and Todd crawl between their hairy legs. You grab the red tin box, then you sprint to a corner, out of the werewolves' immediate sight. Got it. You cry, clutching the box to your chest. Oh, is this going to be the end, you think?
0: Suddenly you get away from the werewolves.
1: You throw open the red tin box and look at the pewter figure collection for the first time. Awesome! You cry when you see the treasure. Inside the box are the most finely crafted, beautifully jeweled pewter figurines you've ever seen. Yes! Oh, yes! You say to Todd. It was definitely worth the trouble. Okay, yeah. It's really, really fucking nice. Each figure is in its own velvet-lined compartment. You can't resist taking out the pewter dragon with the emerald eyes. Incredible. You whisper. You turn the figure around in your hand and study the details. You return the dragon to its compartment. One by one, you take out each figure and study it.
0: The owls are right there. They're just <laughs> watching,
1: also in awe. Just like, wow, really? Real jeweled oh, eyes?
0: ow, Owl. Owl. Owl.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I wonder if we can pun that for poppers. There's a prince waving a what?
0: <laughs> poppers. <laughs> like paws. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, I need to take a pause after that. <laughs> one by one, you take out each figure and study it. There's a prince waving a crystal-bladed sword in the, wa- in, the wa- in the air, a ruby-studded castle, a diamond-eyed skeleton, and a hooded cloak. This, this is not just pewter. There's, like, jewels and diamonds and shit. Like, how come we didn't open with that? And a magic sorceress holding a fiery crystal sun high above her head. They're all safe! Todd exclaims with relief. He helps you put them back and closes the box. But we're not safe. You say... Turn to page 2121 21 and see why. The werewolves have all lowered their arms and turned at once. They're licking their bloodthirsty lips. One of their eyes glow like flaming torches. One of the hairy beasts grabs Todd and breathes hot, stinking wolf breath in his face. No, please! You cry, Todd. You can see tears- <laughs> You cry, Todd. Did I say that yeah Cries Todd. Todd you can see tears gush from his wide eyes. You can have the collection He tries to bargain the werewolf snarls and bears pointed fangs its mouth opens wide enough to take tall Todd, tall Todd, Todd's whole head in a one bite. I say I say that's just damn preposterous boy but now You're just talking like foghorn leghorn. My mouth is not working today. Mm, no. Its mouth opens wide enough to take Todd's whole head in one bite.
0: Howl ow ow ow
1: owl. You howl. You try to draw the werewolf's attention away from Todd. It works! Oh, it's like what Hermione does in, a, in Harry Potter.
0: She howls? Yeah. Does she? Yeah.
1: Howl! What are you doing? Saving your life! Owl!
0: Thanks. Remember.
1: Yeah. It works. In fact, the whole pack of werewolves turns away from the Murphys and Todd. All werewolf eyes are on you.
0: Right now it's coming for us.
1: Yeah, didn't think about that. But you're ready for them. What do you mean you're ready for them? I'm ready for them. In one swift motion, you open the box and hold up the pewter sorceress. Their red eyes reflect off the crystal sun in the sorceress's hands. A blinding light is thrown back into the wolves' eyes. The wolves step backwards. They try to escape the reflecting light rays. Can they? Oh, you're just blinding them with it's, it's no, no use. use the werewolves cannot fight the sorceress's crystal light one by one with a howl as empty as hopeless as the bottomless pit itself each werewolf loses its balance they all fall backwards into the endless nothing that is the pit all
0: 20 of them yeah all
1: 20 <laughs> of them that's gonna be just forever just going falling 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 forever their howls rise into the open mouth of the pit Filling the cave and the deep, dark woods surrounding Woods World. The Murphys throw themselves at you with their heartfelt thanks for saving their lives.
0: We'll always remember you for this, Sharky says. You too, Ner... I mean... Hey, what is your name anyways? This is my good friend Todd
1: Morris. You say. You put your arm around Todd's shoulder. You and Todd take the red tin box and lead the way out of the cave. Nothing can frighten you or Todd now. Not the Murphys, not the werewolves. You have faced every possible fear and conquered them all. For you both, this should be a very happy end. end. And that I feel is a very good ending. It is ending. a very good ending. Because you have a new friend, you're gonna start playing Dungeons and Dragons now, and the Murphys are apparently are not, not werewolves. <laughs> no. So
0: it's <laughs> not all, werewolves in this reality. It's
1: all good, it's all good, but your reputation
0: stained. Well, technically are you about to tell me that your deaths don't count no I'm saying I still won the episode yes I had less than three yes, mistakes yes
1: you will still be getting a prize you will still be getting a little a little treat
0: and I still have one third of your mistakes that is fair you're still
1: I just I, it just makes me happy to know that you're not fucking invincible
0: <laughs> it is true you, I am not you
1: are a human being who can make flaws and make and make wrong choices
0: that is correct
1: um. So, like, what else could we have encountered in this book? Let's see. Tunnel of waves. Lake monsters. Angry red fire ants. Witches. Trolls. Fuck, yeah. There yeah, a... they had
0: quite a bit in here. And
1: just, we just saw werewolves. And bullies. Oh I, my. Oh, I, and pterodactyls and bats.
0: I can't believe, how big are these pewter figurines that they were able to reflect that much light? How Small were these
1: figurines, though, that they all fit in that tiny tin bo- red box.
0: Did they say tiny box?
1: I just figured it was a tiny box. I also
0: figured it's a tiny box, but like for this lunch... to make sense... I was thinking it was a lunchbox. It's, it's, a, it's a treasure chest. <laughs> a it's A trunk. Full, it's a full-on trunk that those three that boys took. were able
1: to steal from him very easily. Todd's a wimp. How is he carrying that box?
0: I think pewter's a pretty light metal. Do we have to look it up again? No. We're just gonna go off the... We're gonna go off the notion that... Todd is strong enough to hold an entire chest. Big old nerd worth strength. of giant figurines. That one that I used to blind them.
1: The sorcerer's crystal be, ball?
0: Yeah, it must be mostly. Crystal ball. Crystal ball and a little bit pewter.
1: I mean, I think it's impressive that you thought last second that like, oh, I'll blind 20 werewolves <laughs> and put them in. Not one of those wolves was like, Hey, dude, cover your eyes. Mm -hmm. Cover your eyes and ears. Like, uh... No, they
0: all decided to lose their balance after not being able to see. Not one of them just decided, hey, let me close my eyes. I think they deserve to die at that point then. Werewolves?
1: Yeah, but the thing is, once the full moon goes, that's just 20 people just falling forever.
0: Maybe. We never saw them in human form.
1: Well, it's because it's a full moon tonight, so who knows?
0: But they were frozen beforehand and still... Werewolves in their frozen form. I
1: still don't get why they were frozen or what froze
0: them. (laughs) Me either. Or how that ice wall suddenly appeared.
1: Yeah. This was an odd one. It was an odd one. This was an odd one, but nevertheless, you made it through, and I'm happy for you and proud of you. And I get another chocolate bar. And you get another chocolate bar. I'll make sure you get another chocolate bar. You know, I am still looking for my prize from having a flawless game in the last episode.
0: Oh, yeah. I wasn't anticipating for that to happen. Ever. I know. (laughs) I
1: know. You weren't ever anticipating for me to get a win. We
0: we will get each other uh, prizes in the meantime. Yes. Yes.
1: In the meantime, what you guys can do is you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Pandora, Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Everywhere. Everywhere. The best thing you can honestly do for us, guys, at this point, is go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a positive review, write down what you think about the show. Go on Spotify, give us those five stars. Every single good review is going to count towards us getting that goal of reaching more and more people. Fixing that algorithm. Even
0: if it's not genuine, it doesn't matter to us. Give us five stars if you think we're three stars. I mean,
1: I'd prefer a genuine response. What are you doing? I know, I know. (laughs) I know, I'm just asking
0: for that one star <laughs> review. Yeah, like... Send send all your genuine information to our to our email. Send all your disingenuineness to
1: uh oh, my at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at O oh a make your own decision podcast, and also O oh Pod on Instagram. Talk to us. We would love to answer any questions you might have, or also just gib and gab. Our next book is going to be Beware the Purple Peanut Butter, the sixth book in the Give Yourself Goosebumps experience. And it will be another chance for me to try and stave off the inevitable loss that I'm going to be having at the end of this
0: podcast. And I am, I have been curious ever since I've heard that title on like what this purple peanut butter is. Like, is it in a peanut butter jar? Is it? do I just assume that something is purple peanut butter? Is it like, do you remember like those containers that had the peanut butter and jelly in one container like swirled around?
1: Yes. They still make that.
0: I'm imagining like someone like stirred it all together and just made purple peanut butter.
1: Well, I could tell you what it is, but that would kind of spoil
0: the fun. That's true. Exactly.
1: So you'll just have to tune in next episode to find out exactly what the
0: fuck purple peanut butter is. So please remember to tune in every Wednesday. Make sure to like us on our socials, and everybody remember to make make good decisions. decisions. Oh My Yod is an independently produced podcast by Adam Beauparlon and Ryan Perry. Find us on Apple
1: Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram
0: at Oh and Facebook.
1: Email us your questions and comments at ohmyodpod at gmail.com.
0: Remember, sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review is always a, a good decision. decision. How lod 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 lod